This episode of the podcast is brought to you by charlottesweb.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if you love CBD just as much as I do, I need it. You need it. We all need it. If everybody had CBD in our life, we wouldn't be so fucking at each other's throats all the time. I said a couple of uh, podcast episodes ago about cbdmedic.com kind of going the way of the wayside. Well, they didn't. They merged. We all went to a bigger and much, much more well-known company called Charlotte's Web. And that's something that needs to happen more in business and life in general is everyone needs to kind of get together and make something bigger, something bigger than yourself. And that's what CBD Medic did with Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is one of the most well-known names in podcasting. People talk about this all the time. People talk about this all the time in the CBD world. They are entrepreneurs, pioneers in the game. These guys are huge business. And I'll tell you what, they are not so big that they forgot about the little man because they gave us a code to give to you guys. V-O-N-1-0. This will get you any fucking order over $150. You will get the coolest product I've ever heard of with CBD. This is an a, a active sports stick. So anytime you spend $150 or more, use the code VOM10, you get a free active sports stick, which is phenomenal. You can use this thing on any part of your body. If you're an active person, you go out there and you just do anything physical. You take the sports stick, you rub it on your part of your body. There's also a spray version. Spray it on that injured, affected part of your body. Within minutes, you will feel great. This thing will alleviate any pain. It, will, it is phenomenal. And if that's not your thing, you're spending 150 bucks to get this free sports stick. Why not get a free sports stick? Spend the 150 bucks. Take advantage of all their products. They have uh, all sorts of shit: rubs, lotions, tinctures, tunctures, all sorts of things that you probably can't even pronounce. So many cool different products, different topics. Everything tastes great. Charlotte's Web has a 100% money back guarantee on products you may or may not like. But you will get to keep the free active sports stick, but you have to use the code VOM10 at checkout. Spend 150 bucks or more. If you don't like the product, simply send it back and keep the free sports stick. But you won't send it back because you're going to be so fucking on cloud nine, you won't even be able to make it to the mailbox to send it back because you're going to feel so good and relaxed for the first time in your life by using charlottesweb.com, using the code VOM10 products that you will not know what to do with yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, take it from the nerd. I would never, ever steer you wrong until I do. But this is not one of those cases. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Podbean.com. Yes, Podbean.com. Have you ever wanted to get your voice heard by millions upon millions of people around the globe? Are you too dumb to start up your own website professionally? Are you too dumb to start up your own podcast? Are you so dumb that you don't know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you me? Because that's basically me describing myself. You know, when we got into this podcasting game about two years ago, um, it was very hard to find a good platform out there, someone that gave us the voice and the opportunity and the tools to make our dreams and vision become a reality. Well, let me tell you something. Podbean.com made it simple, easy, and effective, cost-effective, very cheap to sit there and get your voice out there. And I know the time all that is you get what you pay for, but in this case, you get 10 times more than what you pay. I mean, these guys are getting, like, we're robbing them, basically. And I'm going to tell you something, man. You better jump in on this deal now because right now everyone's at home. Everyone's got a lot to say, a lot of things in their mind. Podcasts are popping up all over the place, and there's no better place than Podbean.com to start your own podcast. They make everything easy. Even a dumbass like myself was able to make a website, can produce a podcast, can put things out there, and just have all sorts of different outlets. And they make it simple for you to get on, you know, Apple and all the big shots like Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, all these other big name places that you can get your podcast seen and heard, they do it for you. And they make you <laughs> just basically walk through baby steps through this process. I mean, they make it so simple and easy. And to sweeten the deal, 
if you go to www.podbean.com slash vompodcast10. That's vompodcast10 using our code. They're going to give you five free hours of podcasting space to see if you like it, which you will. And if you don't, no harm to you. There's no risk. Tons of reward just to try it out. So give it a shot. www.podbean.com slash vompodcast10 and get your voice heard. And lastly, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> my good friends here. I tell you what, man, I fucking love these guys, and I'm so glad they're back. I never had so much fun recording a podcast commercial for my friends at manscaped.com. I'm so happy they're back, ladies and gentlemen, because I missed them. I mean, it's been a while since I talked about them, since I was allowed to talk about these guys, and holy shit, my balls have never been happier. I, I, I was crying in the shower the other day, and I was using this cheap-ass shaver. I'm not even going to use the name. I bought it at Walmart for fucking 30 bucks, and I'm shaving my nuts, and all of a sudden, I just howled in pain, and I cried for the first time in my adult life. Well, for the first time this month, actually. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, and blood was trickling all at the bottom, just little droplets, and I said, I said, screw it, and I stopped, and I was half-shaved, and I was walking around with a half-row of my balls. Horrible, horrible experience. So I did what I could do, and I picked up the phone, I called Manscaped, and I said, please come back. Please sponsor the show. And they were like, all right, fine. Here you go, nerd. Here's a nice new product for you. Here is the Lawnmower 3.0. This thing is amazing, just the design. The engineering on this thing is beautiful. I mean, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is designed with a compact shape for easy maneuvering while wet or dry. This thing's waterproof, more waterproof than your stupid iPhone 20 or whatever the hell they're at now. It's just amazing. It's got the skin-safe technology. That's the perfect tool for an incredible grooming experience. It's very sleek. I mean, it, you can travel with it, and it's also wireless. So you can charge it, and you pick it up. You can bring it in there with you. So you don't have to worry about you know, accidentally electrocuting yourself in the goddamn shower. But they also got other products, too, like the Weed Whacker, which I need because as an old man who's starting to get gray hairs now, my nose hairs are really long, and the weed whacker, you just jam this thing in there like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall, and just move it around in your fucking nose, and instead of pulling out that little ball that he had that was tracking him with, with, with whoever else chasing him, it's going to pull out those nasty nose hairs. It's like going in a backyard and ripping out weeds, but it's painless. You don't feel any pain at all. You don't get those nasty scents of batteries that you get from all those cheap-ass ones. This one's amazing. The skin-safe technology as well, something I cannot brag enough about with these guys. You do not hurt yourself. You don't have droplets of blood. You don't hurt yourself at all. It's amazing. You can go as hard as you want. You, you just pull it, you just pull that sack back and you just fucking go to town on yourself. Before you know it, you're going to be smooth. Smooth as my head. My, my bald head. I love this thing. You could use it on your fucking head. You could use it on your armpits, your mustache, your, every place on your body. You can use this thing. And I'm telling you what, the ladies are going to love you for it because you're going to be as smooth as a baby's butt. It's amazing. The battery life is phenomenal. They got a 600 mAh lithium ion battery. Hold the charger up to 90 minutes. You can shave your whole body five times in 90 minutes, even more, depending on how tall or you know, short you are. It's such a phenomenal. They send you all sorts of stuff, and there's a lot of different things that you can get as well. There's a crop reviver. keeps your balls cool. The crop preserver keeps them nice and shave-free. And the cleanser, it romances your stones. It's basically a hair and body wash. It makes you feel really good. But ball deodorant, whoever thought of ball deodorant? Only these guys. I'm serious. They are the best company out there. Very innovative, and we're happy to have them back. There's so many different things. Here's some testimonials for you. 85% of women think bad grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should trim below the belt. Those other 20 women are dirty fucking skeezers. 
89% of men think grooming is essential to their professional success. So thank you, men. We're actually moving up in the rank. There's 11 dirty bastards out there, 11% of dirty bastards, but we'll get to them. And if you get this right now, there's an exclusive offer. You get free boxers and a travel bag, so you can put all these tools in there. And $109.99, you get every single product, and you get a money-back guarantee. And the cool thing about that $109.99 plan is it's every three months. So you get fresh products. You're always fresh and trim. Your ladies are going to be all over. You're going to have to beat them off with a stick, all right? You're going to look phenomenal. You're going to smell phenomenal. And the best thing is you're just going to get some free gifts like that fucking Manscaped Boxers. I mean, it's going to keep your dick all where it's supposed to be. And that bag is amazing. It's really sleek. It's a leather bag. It's going to keep all your stuff protected. So get on this right now, manscaped.com, and use our code vom one zero, vom one zero at manscaped.com and please do it and you'll save tons of money you're going to save $80 off the retail price so normally it'd be $169.99 for the perfect package 3.0 you're going to get it for $89 you're going to go for the the best package the $109.99 normally that's $197 so that you're going to save even more money the more packages that you get to protect your package why wouldn't you do this ladies and gentlemen Go to manscaped.com, B-O-M-1-0. Hey, what's going on again, everybody? It's another episode of the Voices of Misery podcast, and we have a returning champion. You know what? We talk about this guy a lot. We talk about his tag team partner a lot, the great show, the Wednesday locker room that they have together. I always say he has an NXT as a, oh, no, it's a PhD in NXT, and I throw BAD for YOU for having to watch that SHIT every single week. You know who it is, and we're not talking about that topic today. We're going to be talking about politics. Because you guys know that I have been going nuts these past few weeks, this past week, and I got someone on to talk to me about this. With no further ado, the Andrew Bello. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm I'm here whenever you need to talk about politics. I I'm constantly in search of people that will that will take the time to listen to me and that will talk to me about these issues because the number of people that we can have these conversations with unfortunately dwindles by the day, but. Here we are, man. We're going to have a good one, I'm sure. Thank you for having me back. Oh, of course, man. You know, and anytime I can throw up the signal flare, I know there's at least one man out there who will answer. So I appreciate you being that man. Let's just start this thing off. No, no. You know what? Let's not start it off yet. How the hell are you doing, man? We haven't talked in a little bit. What's going on? I'm good. I don't have uh, too much to report, unfortunately. It's like Groundhog's Day, other than what's going on in the world. Uh, not a whole lot has really changed in the world of the Andrew Bello. Uh, working, you know, working hard, going to the office. Um, actually, uh, the, the office is going to be a little bit more complicated for me in the coming days. We got like one of the guys on my team is leaving, so I got to pick up the slack. And frankly, I barely know what I'm doing as it is, so it's going to be a real struggle. <laughs> We're going to see how this all works out. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can, you know, do, do what I need to do and, uh, not get canned. You know, I don't think that's going to be a problem for you, man. Cause a lot of people are opting to stay the hell home. And, and, you know, I, I know that New, New York is doing, you know, they're, they're toying with the idea of locking down again. How's, how's New Jersey dealing with this whole thing right now? 
Well, we have similar things. Actually, I think we were ahead of New York this time around with the restaurants, um, some of the modifications to the rules. So now indoor dining is now banned from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Because, you know, COVID takes a nap, of course. So it's kind of it's only contagious during certain hours of the day, apparently. Uh, but I, 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 mean, I guess I sort of understand the logic. They also took away like bar stools. They don't want people sitting at the bar. Again, people having a couple cocktails, probably not the most conscious of their social distancing and mask wearing and things of the like. So I, I could kind of understand the logic there. That said, the the absurdity of some of these rules is really where it comes down to, you know, what what is the real goal here? Is this a, is this a governmental muscle flex or is this actually being done in the name of some supposed science I keep hearing about? And yet I, I don't believe it, frankly. I'll tell you what's hilarious, and it, it's funny that you, you mentioned the whole rules thing, because I was just going to ask you, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? I'm doing a fairly normal Thanksgiving. Uh, my parents are hosting, so my, you know, them, uh, my sister, her boyfriend, me, um, probably an aunt or uncle or two, but we've kind of, like, invited everybody knowing that there's certain aunts and uncles that are just going to use the <laughs> COVID excuse and stay home in all likelihood, and we're we're just fine with that. Um, so we'll 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 uh, we'll hope it all plays out the way that we've kind of foreseen it. And uh, it's it's otherwise going to be a fairly normal Thanksgiving for me. What about you guys? Man, you know what? We don't do shit for Thanksgiving. It got to the point where when our kids were in school still before the whole virtual learning thing, they would always get asked, you know, the day after the little break, the, the vacation that they get. Right. What did you do for Thanksgiving? And we didn't want our kids saying, oh, we sat around and just watched mom and dad get drunk and fight. We wanted them to actually know what, you know, like, like have something good to report, basically. Yeah. All right. So we don't cook big meals like that. We just, we would go to the store, get like a pre-cooked rotisserie chicken, let the kids think we cooked the turkey and give them meat and say, this is turkey. So they can tell the teachers we did something that we actually didn't do. This year, we don't have to have the mirage because we're doing the virtual learning. So it's just basically going to be a day just chilling out, man. Very nice. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I used to really take Thanksgiving to the extreme. Now it's just sort of tame. But but when I was, I don't know, from the ages of about 10 to maybe 16, 17, 18, somewhere in that neck of the woods, my Thanksgivings would include three ridiculously large meals that, um, frankly, I'm getting fat just thinking about them. Like it, we would wake up and do like a full breakfast, uh, usually because my aunt would stay over my mom's sister, right? So we'd wake up, we'd do like a full breakfast, pancakes, eggs, all that sort of stuff. Oh, then yeah. we go to then we go to my mom's dad's house, and he would make usually like a duck or a goose. He was Hungarian. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> and we would make one of those, you know, birds. We'd eat that, a bunch of fixings, all that sort of stuff. Then we'd go to the other side of the family, grandma, his uh, house, my dad's grandma, and then have the totally conventional Thanksgiving fixings. Plus some of your Italian classics because New Jersey, I suppose. So, um, you know, it, it is uh, it, it's nice to now only kind of have it hammered down to one meal because, God, I don't know that I could even eat like that anymore if I wanted to. Oh, I get you 100 percent, man. And the one thing I really hate about Thanksgiving was the leftovers. But now I hate something even more about Thanksgiving. I hate these fucking mandates, dude. And. I, you were asking before, like, is it a government flex or what? I don't know what this is anymore. I mean, I don't know. I thought this was going to end when Biden, you know, got elected by the media and all that bullshit, because we still don't know who the president is. And I still have one last cunt hair of hope that Trump pulls this thing out somehow. And that yes. hope is just dwindling. 
yeah, what that's fair. passing day, man. It's crazy. But I know that you're aware of this. But just for those of the people out there that don't know, they're actually being really crazy about Thanksgiving right now. They have a rule now where you can only have in, in your own house, the privacy of your own house, you can only have 10 people in your house. Mm-hmm. Only one person is allowed to serve the food and touch the utensils. You have to oh, wear yeah. masks, socially distance. You can't sing. Music can't be too loud. To answer your your your, your statement from earlier, I think this is a government flex. To be honest with you, it's got to be. It's hard for it not to to you know to look at it and not think that it is. But mostly, you know what it is. It it comes down to most people will just go along with. It. At least they'll feign that they're going along with this stuff. You know what it is? Is that they'll make the most ridiculous laundry list of stupid rules and regulations you're supposed to follow take you know what wear your mask if you get up from the table to go to the bathroom like you know stupid just ridiculous outlandish stuff like that and they'll throw 70 of those against the wall in hopes that you follow 20 of them you know if they make it just one or two little very specific very obvious things people will inevitably push back against that too i would imagine so um, by by kind of making these lists the way that they are, it, it's it's a it's a government flex. It's a it's a form of social control, and it's a it's a it's a measuring stick to see how many people would just go along with this complete lunacy, where they you know they were putting out mandates or not mandates necessarily, but guidelines suggesting if you're out to eat in a restaurant to legitimately put the mask on in between bites. So for for those of you un, unaware of how these masks are supposed to work, you're supposed to put them on your face, not touch them, and then hopefully not reuse them all that often unless you have some mechanism for cleaning them. By taking it on and off repeatedly throughout the course of a meal, uh, people were commenting underneath the, the tweet or the, the post that I happen to see uh, saying things like, so when I take my mask off in between bites, do I then have to also go wash my hands to then touch my mask to put it back on my face to go take it off my face to take a bite to then go wash my hands to go do this? You know, I mean, it just yep. it, it's 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 ridiculous at the end of the day uh, that, that people just will go along with these things. And the more and more, for lack of a better term, sheep that there are that go along with these things, the harder it makes it for the rest of us who have legitimate concerns about obviously stupid policies um, we we they they make us out this to be conspiracy theorists or crazy you know madmen info war watching frogs are gay kind of people <laughs> and uh, the frogs are gay by the way but just throwing that out there no I, I see I didn't think the frogs were gay I thought they were genetically enhanced to be turned gay isn't that how that whole thing went I love that mug by the way thank you yeah this I got a nice uh, Donald Trump mug. From uh, from one of the Donald Trump stores, a, a good friend, a mutual friend of ours, bought it for us. But I won't stooge him off here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I forget where we were just before the mug. Oh no, we were talking. You know what? You're talking to a guy here who has the absolute worst memory, and I just kind of <laughs> just go. But yeah, no, we were talking about like the the basically how stupid the rules were, and people oh, yeah. just being controlled, manipulated by this whole thing. I agree with you, man. I just feel like. Just the way when you think about how it was broken down, the whole, you know, uh, separation of society and America, just people in general, it was brilliantly done. I mean, what better way to make everyone hate each other and split the country in half by you have mask versus no mask. You have black versus white. Uh, you've got everything. You've got red versus blue. You've got Trump okay. supporters versus Trump haters. They completely split us in half. And I think that they back themselves into a corner now where they don't know how to get out of this. They won. I mean, Joe Biden, as much as I hate to say, will probably be our president for at least six weeks before something happens to him and the Democrats eat him alive and put Kamala there. Yeah. 
But I feel like they backed themselves into a corner with this. I mean, like, they've created so much hate. There's there's this monster that they just can't control now. And I don't see them putting it back in the cage. I, I, I don't see a way of them stopping this. If you were a Democrat, what would you do to kind of reel this in and make it look like Biden made a difference? Because I don't see it happening. Yeah, and the problem is Biden won't make all that great of a difference if things stand as as most people are projecting them to stand, if the, if the Republicans hold the Senate. Um, and for that matter, Joe Manchin, a Democrat, will probably flip to the Republican Party at some point in the next year. But if not, he has come out and said he's not voting for mm-hmm. defund the police, pack the courts, you know, all this crazy leftist nonsense, the AOC agenda, basically. Like, he, yeah. he's not on board with any of that. And that's what Democrats need to do, is be more like Joe Manchin. As much as as much as much the, the establishment Democrats certainly have their problems, and there is more corruption than I can even begin to even tap into, uh, you know, in the course of this podcast going on with that particular group of people and the establishment Democrats, their policies aren't ridiculous. They, they aren't Green New Deal, defund the police, open borders, free health care for everybody, free schools for everybody. I mean, the, they're a little bit more rational than that because they know that most people at the end of the day can't really get on board with those sorts of policies. We're already trillions upon trillions of dollars in debt those policies are going to drive us even further into debt, include especially things like the Green New Deal. Yeah. Um, and then when you look at like the free college thing, again, A, sounds really nice. It sounds nice. Mm-hmm. But think about all the people who saved up and you know sent their kids through college or the kids, for that matter, that paid their way through college. What do they get for it? They, they, they did the responsible thing. And, and we're talking about generations of people that have done that that way. And now you're just going to start giving this stuff away, in addition to the fact that once you start giving it away, it becomes less and less meaningful. So mm-hmm. what you have now, if they're going to give away two-year associate degree type college programs, okay, now that's the new GED. That's the new high school degree. That's the baseline that you have to achieve in order to do anything with your life. Now you're 20 years old instead of 18 years old achieving that baseline, living in your parents' house a little bit longer before you go on to get – a uh, four or six, you know, four year degree or by that time, a master's degree will essentially be the baseline for success in this country. If you want to be a successful person, you'll have to have a master's degree. So you're watering down the educational system. You're dragging out the period of time that these kids are going to be useless and not in the workforce helping to produce and add, you know, hopefully add to the economy somewhere down the line. They're going to just be a further drain on it all for what? So that they can get free educations and gender studies and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. I think if we want to we, we if we want to give away free education, it should be in very specific sectors that were that that have some sort of um, you know general benefit to the population, like you know the, the um, what is it STEM STEM programs and things along those lines. Let's drive towards technology, medicine, um, energy, things along those lines instead of just sending everybody to school for two years for whatever they feel like studying, and then they're just even more useless even later in life than kids currently are. Oh, no, I, I, I'm with you there, man. And uh, I, I did see some, I forgot which Democrat it was, was saying, oh, because that same question was posed to them, well, what do you do about people that paid off their loans, uh, the responsible ones? Oh, we'll just give them a stimulus. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if you gave everybody who paid off their college loan a stimulus, do you know how big those stimulus checks would be per person? Yeah, they would have it's, to be big. Yeah. They wouldn't be big. They'll they'll just say, oh yeah, well we'll just write everybody a check for like thirty grand, and they can't complain. Like the, the yeah. first and foremost, that adds it, 
exorbitantly to the debt and then on top of the fact that that doesn't pay back what you paid that that yeah. barely pays for a semester at, at a decent you know four-year school these days and the other thing about the quality of the teachers that are going to be at these colleges too i mean if you make it free these teachers are going to be driven out they're going to have to go find another way to make a living they're not going to be working for fucking free are you kidding me and i know they're going to get some sort of a salary but that number gets driven down because the school's not making enough profit if you're giving everyone free schooling so whereas you had this great professor at a college that can actually teach your, your kids something you're going to get some guy who fucking was like a substitute in high schools teaching college courses at that point because they're going to be starving for teachers. All the good ones are going to be driven out. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the whole thing doesn't make any sense. And there's so many holes in everything that they want to do, especially the whole thing where they're going to get rid of cars in California that, that, that have gasoline. <laughs> and they're going to be running off electricity or some shit like, dude, is Gavin Newsom the most clueless fucking person on planet Earth or what? See, it's hard. It's hard for me to really comment on that. And you would think I would I would kind of know these things. But Gavin Newsom, while obviously incompetent, I don't know if he holds a candle to the big three over here, Wolf and, and Cuomo and uh, Bro Cuomo and, and, and Murphy, <laughs> for that matter, over here in, um, in in New Jersey, Pennsylvania and New York. I mean, they're, they're all terrible. They're all in lockstep with one another, which makes it even more terrible. You know, a lot of people talk about the deaths in coronavirus in New York. They've been just as bad in New Jersey, and I frankly don't know whether or not to blame our incompetent governor or their incompetent governor in New York, because obviously there's so much transit that goes back and forth between the yeah. two states. The two the two problems are inextricably linked, like they have to be. The, there's just so many people that travel in and out of New York and New Jersey and back and forth for work or for whatever. Um, so that, that had to have played a role in the fact that particularly North Jersey got hit really, really hard, which is where you would imagine a lot of those commuters live. So um, yeah, Murphy was terrible. Cuomo's terrible. Uh, Newsom is terrible, but I guess he's he's so terrible. He's at least consistently terrible. You know, you you, you know it's coming with him. It, it's <laughs> with Cuomo. Sometimes you know he was one of the people as as with De Blasio and with a lot of people, including Ron Klain, who is our supposed president elect's chief of staff. Um, well, people that were talking about go out in New York, go do your thing, eat in Chinatown. You know, go 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 out to the parade, whatever it is, well into March. <laughs> and so they, they not only contributed to the problem with their awful policies, but they contributed, if not exacerbated the problem, with their terrible rhetoric. And then they'll turn around and they'll point at Donald Trump and say it was his rhetoric and his policies that caused all these problems when there's very little evidence to back any of that up. But the media just rolls with it and everybody just takes it as fact. Absolutely. Now, I do want to ask you, though, about the media because – in the Northeast, I, I forgot the name. We had like the Star Ledger, the Courier News, and all those newspapers. They're probably dead by the time. I mean, I've gone back. And Star well, Ledger's still here. Yeah, we still get the Star Ledger. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. So how are they reacting to to, to those guys? Are they giving them props? Like, are, 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 are they putting Cuomo up on this fucking pedestal? Because I know like a lot of the uh, the mainstream media, like CNN and those guys, were basically saying that he's a hero. And they're, they're, they're praising him. They're putting him up there, promoting his book and all sorts of bullshit. Oh, he's this great leader. Saying he's the next great thing, and the party, hey, he could even be president one day. How how is the local media reacting to him, and just people in general up there? Well, for the most part, the local media is fairly liberal as well. So you get a lot of the bat packing, uh, the the back padding, uh, you know, with with Cuomo and with Murphy in particular. Murphy, though, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, Cuomo, in particular, with the book. And the poster. He had a poster. He made so a poster it, that looks like the curve that they were telling us at the beginning of this. It shouldn't look like this. Like, this is the worst case scenario curve. That was the curve in New York. 
and uh, and Cuomo was touted for it. Got a book deal. Was praised all throughout the uh, you know the the push towards the end of the election here, and as an example of what Democrat leadership will bring you, which is apparently mass death, and no <laughs> one seems to care about it. Um, he's being bandied about as a potential AG um, candidate for Joe Biden, which is just frightening. Um, God knows what he would do with that sort of power. Um, but yeah, as far as the local news here, I mean, strangely enough, um, not necessarily the news, but the populace, Phil Murphy's approval rating is staggeringly high. I I cannot put any logic to it. He's well up into the 60s. Like he's like Ron DeSantis popular here in New Jersey. It's, it's, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know where they do these polls again. I, as we've seen in particular with this most recent election, but in particular yeah. the last three big major elections, 2018 and 2016 included, polling is broken. There is no polling yeah. anymore here in America that's worth um, a grain of salt other than maybe the Trafalgar group, which is a group I've talked about um, on a couple of different occasions because they seem to be the only ones that have figured out how to hone in on that that shy secret, whether it be Trump or Republican or conservative um, they've, they've managed to put in mechanisms in their polling to find those people. Mm-hmm. And they were the only ones we've been within spitting distance of the actual results uh, when it came to the election this time around. So they may be something to watch. But other than that, polls are officially meaningless as of this year. Yeah. And the whole thing, I, I, I just it, it blows my mind. It's, he's well in the 60s, you're saying, as popular as DeSantis. And it makes me feel like half the country enjoys being cucks. I mean, like we're basically yeah. being cuckolded right now by the government. You do what we tell you when we tell you to do it. And we say jump, you ask how high. We're going to come to your house, take your guns, and you're going to pay us $200 per gun. And if you have X amount of ammo, you're going to give us even more money. And people are like, okay, let's just give them our vote. I don't understand. Now, Trump did not win this thing in a landslide. And, of course, we know there's tampering going on. I mean, any moron with two eyes can see that there is going – something's going on here. And – I, I just don't see a scenario where this ends happily, except for, you know, the Democrats or the, the Democrats lose the Senate. Uh, Nancy Pelosi gets booted out somehow. I don't know. They're talking about the squad trying to push her out. There's kind of infighting going on right now. They're going to implode, hopefully. I, I, I just don't see this being a productive four years. What I foresee happening is basically Biden and, and, and his camp trying to push things. They're all fighting with internally. This, Republicans turn it down, and I see this being four years of nothingness, really, like nothing getting accomplished either way. I think it'll be a lot of nothing as well. It'll be a much the, – the first full year let's, – let's say basically everything you just said plays out. Even whether or not Nancy Pelosi gets booted out of the speakership, it really doesn't matter if the Republicans can hold the Senate. Um, the entire first year of the Biden presidency will be them trying to hammer through their completely radical cabinet appointees, uh, Bernie Sanders as the labor secretary, Elizabeth Warren as – potentially the Secretary of Treasur- Treasury or the Secretary of Commerce, um, those types of appointees. Uh, there'll be some sort of position for Pete Buttigieg, you know, the 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 former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, could potentially be working his way into a cabinet position. He really did campaign his ass off in the last year, so props to him. Uh, not a fan of his policies, but can respect his hustle at least. Oh yeah, um, yeah Pete Buttigieg making moves. Um, but there'll be there'll be all a huge fight over that. Mitch McConnell's already said anybody that's even considered controversial with with the conservative base is not going to be appointed uh, or approved by the Senate. So we'll see if they can hold to that. There'll also be a period of time where they'll try to use Joe Biden to 
hammer through some of these radical policies. I don't know how radical they'll get with it, knowing that they're basically up against uh, a dead end in the Senate, but they'll at least keep trying to push stuff out there and saying Mitch McConnell's not doing anything. And then when that doesn't work for about a year, then they'll get rid of Kamala Harris. Mind you, we'll have the midterms at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there could be a shift in the Congress uh, in both houses potentially. But then, then they'll decide, okay, Joe Biden's not getting it done. Let's get him out. Let's put Kamala in, and then anybody who opposes her is a sexist or a racist. And there's that's the only possible reason yeah. you could disagree with any of her policies. Um, they they did it with Obama for eight years. If you disagreed with anything the man had to say, you were a racist for some reason, mm-hmm. even though it might have had nothing to do with race, and it might have just been a perfectly preposterous preposterous thing. Uh, like he kept continuously campaigning on the fact that he wasn't going to raise taxes or make health care more expensive, and then inevitably through Obamacare, did both of those things. So, um, you know, it, it ended up being um, a lot a lot of just very obvious things saying, you know, if you want free stuff, America, there is no free, sorry to tell you, it's going to cost you more money on the back end in taxes in some way, shape, or form, whether it's today, tomorrow, or five years down the road. So for these people to look you in the face and tell you they're going to give you free this, it's not free. And whether or not the rich are paying for it doesn't mean that that doesn't ultimately affect you because the rich are the ones who sign the fronts of your paychecks. And if they don't have yeah. money to do that, you're not getting a job, which means you don't get to sign the back of your paycheck. Thank you for saying that, because that last line kind of segues into what I was going to bring up. A personal experience I had the other day at work. I'm talking to this guy. We're just having some small talk. And obviously, you know, he's trying to field me out where I am in the political spectrum because, you know, it was just a very long transaction. And he's like, oh, yeah, these masks are stupid, aren't they? And I'm like, yeah, they're fucking dumb, but they pay me to wear it, so I'm going to wear it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, so I guess you voted for Trump, huh? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, 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 why do you like him? Um, he's like, you're, you know, you're Hispanic. I'm like, so does that mean I have to give my vote to someone else? And we went down that path. And I was like, listen, dude, like, in all honesty, I've been alive for 38 years on this planet Earth, and uh, I've never felt more accepted and more you know, together with people around me and more patriotic than when Donald Trump was the president. Now I feel like we're separated. And like, now I feel like I have to look at the next guy. Like he's looking at me a certain way and I have to look back at him a certain way when it wasn't like that a few months ago. Like I feel like I was a patriotic guy who just loved everybody. And now I feel like I got to kind of get back and just like, all right, well maybe that guy's a fucking racist or maybe he's looking at me because he's not liking what's going on in the media and, and the narrative that the Democrats are pushing. It probably assumes I'm one of them because I'm a different nationality than him. And no, I'm on your side, dude, you know? And I just feel like everyone's looking at each other square now. And that's kind of the message I was getting across to him. And then we also got into the whole thing about, you know, like you were saying that the rich people sign the front of your checks, which is a great, great line. I love it. I'm probably going to steal it. Um, there were, he, he was, he was talking about his, his daughter had a job and he was asking if we were hiring to my place. And I'm like, no, not at the moment. He's like, yeah, well, she's working at a fast food joint. She's 17 years old. He's like, their minimum wage should be 15, 16 bucks an hour. And I'm like, all right, well, then your daughter wouldn't have a job. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, what if they acquiesced and said, sure, everyone's minimum wage is 15 bucks an hour. So instead of 10 employees, we're going to have three employees making that. And we're going to have self-checkouts, self-computers. Uh, so no one's going to take the order. It's going to yeah. be a computer. And I'm like, dude, you're going to lose these jobs. Sure, you may get the big W in the and you know in like the win column by hey we achieved minimum wage of fifteen, but now unemployment is skyrocketing. Why yeah. is it skyrocketing? Because people can't pay this shit, man. They don't want to win. I would rather have a whole society of people making seven fifty an hour than you know a third of it making fifteen an hour because more people, more employment, you're going to see crime go down and 
we just went on and on about this. And the guy was like, yeah, you're just a racist. Okay. Of course. Of course. Okay. Well, I mean, that guy, that guy lives in a world nerd where he's convinced of the following. He's convinced Donald Trump said Nazis were very fine people. He's convinced yeah. he called Mexicans rapists. He's convinced he called fallen soldiers suckers and losers. He's convinced that he was somehow admitting sexual assault when he told Billy Bush in a private conversation in the back of a bus that he grabs women by the pussy. He, he, he is convinced that all of these things are absolute facts. The, the picture of Donald Trump in his mind – is so different than the one in your mind, <laughs> yours yeah. being much closer to that of reality, that this kind of gets back to a point you were almost making before. Whether or not we can prove that the fraud overturned this election in some way, shape, or form, make no mistake about it. The Democrats stole this election. They didn't steal it from Donald Trump. They stole it from America. Yeah. They had the greatest president we've had in probably 150 years at the helm handling a pandemic very well, despite the fact that you'll be told otherwise, handling the economy and the recovery from that pandemic very well, despite the fact that you're being told otherwise. He's gotten us into zero new wars, pulled us out of some, gotten us out of a lot of bullshit, you know, globalist things like the Paris Climate Accord and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. He's just he's he's honed in and done so much of what he said he was going to do, and it's been so damn effective. But these people live in this world where he called people rapists and animals and, and suckers and losers and Nazis are fine mm. people. And they just are 100 percent convinced that a that matters as if any of that matters. Frankly, if all of that were true and he still did everything he did as president, I'm still voting for him. I Me don't too. care at the end of the day what his what he's like as a human being. I want him to be a good leader. And despite the fact that the media has done absolutely everything they can to derail this guy for the last four years, impeachments, fake Russian collusion, Martin Luther King's bust is missing from the Oval Office, two scoops of ice cream, salt and pepper shakers are bigger than everybody else's, too many Diet Cokes, KFC and McDonald's runs, all the things they've made hoopas about Stormy Daniels, Michael Avenatti, Michael Cohen, um, Ketchup on the Carroll. Yes, just the, the list goes on and on and on. And these are the things that they focus on and they harp in on because they've got nothing on what the man has done as president. Probably the most accomplished president in a, in in nearly a century. Um, the the man has done so much despite fighting against so little um, uh, against against fighting against so much rather and getting so little help from even his own party along the way at many times. But <clears throat> like I was saying, the Democrats stole this because they have convinced people of that, and the media has been whole cloth in the bed in the bag for them the whole way and it didn't even it doesn't even start at the media it starts at schools these these mm -hmm. fucking commies come out of college thinking they're educated they know nothing about nothing uh they've got a piece of paper that says they've got you know some knowledge about some subject matter that they probably took about six total classes of about 24 total hours in and uh and you know then they 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 pretend that they're the educated. Oh well, the republic. You know, Donald Trump does great against uneducated white people. No, he does great against unindoctrinated white people. They haven't exactly. been told that Karl Marx was a fucking genius for four years, and they went out and they got themselves a real job, <laughs> put their nose to the grindstone, made something of themselves, and they don't bandy about this piece of paper as if it means anything to anybody until you actually start converting it into some sort of paycheck. So you did leave out one racist thing Donald Trump said, and I have a clip here. Because oh, he's I so racist. 
This is the most racist thing I think I've ever heard a president or president-elect ever say. You ready to hear this? Because oh, this is something that you've missed out here. Well, okay, go ahead. Kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Oh, wait. That was Biden. That no. was Biden. That yeah. wasn't Trump. That wasn't Trump. Oh, wait. Here's another one. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. Yep. So, all, all them black people just think exactly alike, Joe. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it's just hilarious how this guy is the beacon of hope for everybody. He flat out said, I have to have a black woman as my as, as my running mate. And the Democrats were probably sitting there like, why the fuck did he say that? Because the person that we hate, we we got rid of her first in the primaries. Now she's the fucking vice president, the second most powerful person in the world who's got the tie break and vote if, if they were to, you know, get at least 50 50 on, on, on the Senate. Yeah. And she can potentially and will probably be the president of the United States because we all know Biden ain't going to last yeah, for sure. It's like this is ridiculous. And, and how much pride? Because I'm, I'm sure you've seen all the Kamala Harris commercials where, like, you know, they're they're building her up more than Joe Biden. And just to use a wrestling terminology, she's the one getting the push yeah. right now. How would you feel if you're Kamala Harris and the only reason you're there is because of a statement, a backhanded statement that Joe Biden probably wishes he could take back at this point? <laughs> it's like you're that token person, you know? If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. And there's another one. I uh, love the soundboard, by the way. It's it's hilarious to me that they, after kicking and screaming about an old, rich, corrupt, racist, sexual assaultist, potential pedophile for the last four years, who did they elect? An yeah. old, rich, corrupt, racist, <laughs> sexist, potential pedophile. <laughs> it's Every, everything they've accused Donald Trump of, that most of which has been patently turned out to be completely false, Joe Biden is every bit of that. He's sniffing shit. He's sniffing kids. He likes kids jumping in his lap. All black people think alike. Uh, he doesn't like. He doesn't want his his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. This guy is a monster. Okay, this guy he's is the, the used. He's such a used car salesman, fake ass poster boy politician. It is unfathomable that in 2020, this guy has managed to slip through the cracks and get to where he's gotten. It really is. Like I said before, we Donald Trump didn't lose this election. America lost this election because now this meat puppet is at the helm here. And and frankly, I think the only reason Kamala Harris is there, not because of all the things Biden said. I think it's because Kamala Harris was the person that they wanted to be there the whole time. She, you know, the inner circle of the DNC, put yourself in a radical leftist position here you're thinking to yourself we got to get somebody that checks all the boxes mm -hmm. she's a woman she's a woman of color she's mm -hmm. black she's asian she's jamaican she's you know whatever all the boxes she she kissed a girl once and she liked it so we could check <laughs> some 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 box off there uh she blew a 60 year old married man hey she you did. know that's a it is what it is. I guess that, you know, we can't judge these days in terms of what people like to do inside other people's bedrooms. But um, <laughs> so they wanted her there the whole time. She crashed and burned terribly in these primaries to the point to where 
you know, a lot of people assume that that she was added to the ticket to try to pick up the the black vote or the women vote. Joe Biden was doing better in both of those categories than Kamala Harris was by a like a significant margin of the primary. So she really didn't help her there, help him there. She's also from California, a state they were going to win walking away. Mm-hmm. So she didn't add anything in that front. There was probably the 0.5% of lunatics out there that are convinced that on January 21st, Donald Trump is going to be arrested and, and prosecuted by the Southern District of New York for crimes. They don't even know what, but they assume they exist because they were told so by Rachel Maddow three years ago, and they're trusting the plan. They'll walk the Q, QAnon people, but trust me, these people are equally radically conspiracy theory delusional um, or just way over the top. So, uh, you know. It is what it is on that front, but I just I can't get over the, the the irony of the fact that Joe Biden is everything that they said Donald Trump was, and they 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 are dancing in the streets, forgetting COVID, yep. sipping from champagne bottles together, mm-hmm. strangers just dancing and laughing for this for again this meat puppet used car salesman politician and a woman who has legitimately proven you could sleep your way to the second highest office in the land <laughs> and uh, she, she'll be painted as some sort of glorious feminist icon from now until the day that unfortunately both of us die yeah i mean like what kind of message does that send to young women seriously like you can be a slut sleep your way to the top and as long as you have the right skin color or complexion you too can be the vice president of the united states And the whole thing about the parallels between Trump and Biden don't even end with Trump and Biden. It goes down to their bloodline as well, because they were saying Donald Trump Jr. was coked out of his mind during multiple interviews. And then you literally can look at pictures and videos of (laughs) Hunter Biden cracked out of his mind, having sex with multiple prostitutes, passed out with a pipe in his mouth. But yet that doesn't get talked about. But we can speculate that Donald Trump Jr. has a coke addiction because of some chick from Danity Kane. That he slept with once or twice, probably that fell in love with him and got you know scorned because he left her, and she's probably doing nothing right now with an OnlyFans account or whatever the fuck she does. <laughs> and Hunter Biden, the proof is like there's so much proof that this guy is is a fuck up, and yet he was on stage celebrating with Joe Biden, and they're like, oh look, there's a son Hunter. It's like it, I feel like we're living in this twilight zone of misinformation, and it's it's just it, it boggles my mind at my advanced age. Like how the hell can this happen? And how is half the world so shut off from the reality that, you know, this is just bullshit. Like they're completely fabricating what they want to fabricate about the other side and hiding what they want to hide about, you know, their chosen ones or whatever. And people are just just so fucking just lost to the fact that this is happening right under their nose. How many fucking votes did Joe Biden get? What's he like, 78 million votes? Yeah, at least 74, 75 million. I think last I saw it. Dude, it's absolutely insane how many people voted for this piece of shit. It's like, do they not care? Do they hate Trump that much? What is the deal here, man? Apparently, they do hate Trump that much, and uh, and a lot of so much so that they they came back from the dead to vote for Joe Biden in some yeah. cases. So, um, but that that's you know, again, I don't know if we're going to be able to really prove the fraud on that front. But just like you said, the fact that we have a nation so divided on what the facts are. Joe, I mean, let's look at Hunter Biden. All right. So you, you have all these rumors that Don Jr. is doing blow, whatever. OK, fine. You Like you said, we now have pictures of Hunter Biden with hookers, crack pipe in his mouth. Think about the level of depravity you've got to be at to where you have access to millions of dollars and you're smoking crack. 
instead yeah. of doing blow like a real man like Don Jr. Apparently, <laughs> so I don't I don't fully, <laughs> fully understand what if that's if that's if that's the big thing that you got on Don Jr. Frankly, he's going to gain points and polls because of that more faster than he's going to lose them. It worked for George W. Bush, um, George, who legitimately gained points in the polls when it was found out that he was doing cocaine in college. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. But we have people we have people so divided on on all of this. And I, I threw out a theory on Wednesday locker room last week about the election, and it wouldn't put it past me that the Democrats did do all of the fraud that you're hearing about, right? All of, all of the ballots that were being counted in secret, being shipped in in the middle of the night, dead people, old people, children, puppies, whatever it was, all, just, just imagine all of it happened. Exactly as it's being told to you by the Gateway Pundit and the Federalist and National Review and Daily Call or whatever. Imagine just all of it happened. I, I think they think they could get away with it. And they probably could because the media is not going to talk about it. Think about any bit of evidence that you've probably read about voter fraud and then think about the amount of airtime that's gotten on CNN, MSNBC, and yes, even Fox News, which is fully cucked itself now. It is just slightly redder CNN and it can go fuck itself. And the worst thing is, is the only time you ever heard about anybody talking about voter fraud was a guy who supposedly recanted a statement that didn't actually recant his statement. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about him coming out and saying, hey, I, no, I never said that. The post was like they, they lied. They flat out lied. Straight and he up. said something about uh, coming out with something later. I, I didn't follow up with that if he came out with something or not. So I apologize for that, not knowing. But he did say, like, no, I didn't. And I'm going to prove it later. So it's so basically the people on that side, the only information that they have is someone said that there was voter fraud, but then he recanted. That's all they know. They don't know that this guy's coming out and saying, no, I didn't recant my statement. This is what happened. And I'm going to prove it. They only know that side. There has to be a way. And only one man can make it that everyone knows the real truth. And that's Donald Trump himself. I think he's going to do a lot better for people outside of the presidency because he's got Trump radio coming. And I was going to ask you, who, who do you think is going to jump ship? Because my my two people, I think, are going to jump ship from Fox News to the Trump ra- Trump radio or Trump media, whatever he's going to do here. I, I think you're going to get Laura Ingraham and I think you're going to get Tucker, Ron Burgundy Carlson. <laughs> I think those two are jumping ship. And I think they're going to do something with the Daily Wire guys, Candace Owens, because I know the Daily Wire's got this thing going now where they're going to promote like TV, media, yeah. movies. So they're, they're going to they're going to do something big. I think they're all going to get together. And you're going to get the real news out there for people. And I think Trump died for our sins. I think he he's like the real Jesus Christ here. And I think we're going to get a whole new future after people see what the hell is going to happen in the next four years. And then they're going to hear Trump media and they're going to get all these other voices out there. And I think they're going to see the truth. And I think we're going to be better for it in the future. But these next four years are going to fucking suck. You know, it's a very interesting comparison comparing Donald Trump to Jesus Christ. But there, you you are on to something there in a certain respect. Is that this guy is now a living martyr, right? Like it, yeah. the, he he died for our sins in in the most proverbial of ways, and uh, is now he ain't going anywhere, folks. I, the, the, I was listening to a podcast on the Blaze. I want to say it was the Steve Day Show, who's oh, very good, by the way. Yeah, He's, I've just been listening to him in the last couple of weeks. He's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, D-E-A-C-E, for anybody who might be interested to check it out. But uh, he was talking about anybody out there who thinks that, that this is over and they voted Donald Trump out of their lives forever. Oh, boy, do these people have another thing coming, man. It, 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 so, <laughs> so now you're going to get all of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris's ridiculous policies or attempts to get through radical policies that will probably hit 
dead ends in, in the form of Mitch McConnell. That's what you're getting now in the form of governance. Plus, Donald Trump ain't going anywhere. They might kick him off of Twitter. He'll start his own Twitter. He'll go to Parler. He'll invest in Parler. He'll you know, kick him off of YouTube. He'll start his own YouTube or he'll invest in Rumble. Um, you know, he'll start his own bond, you know, Trump report, like, like the drudge report. He will have his own Twitter. It'll be Trumper. You can, uh, you can Trump a story and then I can re Trump it and we can, uh, we can huge it or fake news it. And, uh, you know, those are, those are the options and, um, it, it, it'll be, you're going to get him every day on your televisions, whether or not he plans on actually running again in 2024, to which I pray to God, he really does. Um, I think he will at least for the next three years pretend like it's a possibility so that you're you're he's always in the forefront of your mind now for the next three years anything joe biden does that is even remotely stupid or or bumbling or you know any of the things that he's been getting ripped on up and down for uh throughout the campaign donald trump is going to be all over every bit of it going this is this the guy you picked Mm -hmm. could have had the greatest president since lincoln but y'all picked this guy so good good luck with that um, there is a, there is a t-shirt coming to the right opinion store. I know when they officially do call this, if they do officially call for Joe Biden and it will say, don't blame me. I voted for orange man bad. And I encourage everybody to make some sort of sign like that or, or, you know, shirt like that and wear that around regularly with your MAGA hat potentially. And, uh, just let everybody know it's not your fault. You did not vote for this country to fall apart. Oh, I think that's great, man. And when those shirts come out, please let me know because I want one of them. <laughs> that just sounds amazing. Now, and in hindsight, just the same way the, the Democrats now think of, of, of Bush, they think of him as a decent guy when in reality he was a piece of shit. He was a racist. He was everything bad back then. I think in hindsight, Trump is going to be remembered fondly, to be honest with you. I think they're going to say he was a little rough around the edges, but he wasn't so bad after all. And, they're, man, we, we, we really should have used him for another four years, but instead we got Joe Biden who completely fucked everything up. I guarantee you we're going to get something like that. One thing I do want to ask you and get your opinion on, because I brought this up, it was either the last episode of Voices Busy or the episode before that. I was questioning how how is Kamala Harris going to deal with these other countries that don't respect women or appreciate women having any say in anything. How are they going to look at America when, oh, they've got a woman rep, you know, as, as, as their top dog. When she goes up into these negotiations and she starts laughing whenever Putin says something, she goes, ah, God, that fucking cackle she does whenever Putin, like, challenges her on something. Yeah. That's going to make us look weak, don't you think? I can tell you there's a, there's a very slim chance that she will ever meet one-on-one with Putin for pretty much the reason you just outlined there. Putin is not going to want to meet with her um, specifically. Is going to fuck him because he's powerful? Or? Uh, it's entirely possible that <laughs> that may be her her main motivation for pushing for such a meeting is, uh, you know, she's going to fly all the way to Moscow to get on her knees for the country. Uh, I mean, I mean, for her own good. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it, yeah, I don't think she's going to be doing a lot of that. It'll be Biden himself or uh, whoever he makes secretary of state. Probably John Kerry, I'd imagine, is, is going to be at least up for consideration because they are boys and they've got a lot of similar interests um, through their sons who are business partners running around fleecing countries off of their names. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that whole thing. But um, yeah, it's um it's not it's not going to be very good for uh, for Kamala on that front. But look, she they'll they'll try to use it sometimes when they can to to make some sort of social justice virtue signal to the world like oh like we're going to send Kamala Harris to Saudi Arabia to go talk to the you know to to the sheiks over there and they're going to fucking like it whether or not she wears a headdress and if they try to do anything about it we're going to turn their country into a sheet of glass. 
um, you know, and and that'll just be the way that they go about it. Uh, but they're looking for a reason to start a war. Why not Kamala Harris getting beheaded? That could be the best of both worlds for Joe Biden. <laughs> Now, what's the over-under here on us getting into a war? I'm saying it happens first year of their presidency. Almost thinking, immediately. Yeah. yeah. It's going <laughs> to be quick. And I'm thinking what's going to happen here. And this is just my bold prediction for the Biden presidency. Because I don't think they know how to get out of this COVID thing. Because basically everything now. And they just added three new symptoms to COVID-19. So I feel like it's COVID-1900 symptoms. It's ridiculous. Everything mm-hmm. is COVID no matter what the hell happens to you. The CDC stopped tracking the fucking flu, for God's sakes, this season, because that's not important anymore. Nope. Uh, I mean, seriously, like that thing has taken more kids' lives than fucking abortion. It, it, seriously, it, it's insane. But yet COVID-19 is just fucking magical illness that they keep adding more and more things to. So no matter what you go to the doctor for, you could walk out with a COVID symptom or, or, or diagnosis or whatever, and you're just another number to the pile. Now that Biden's the president, they want to blame this on Trump like he was the bad guy. He was always the one who was, you know, killing people. It got worse under his watch. The numbers are soaring now. Biden is the president elect. He might as well be the fucking president as far as the media is concerned and the way that they're reporting it. When he gets office, do you think these numbers just magically disappear, dwindle? Do they start talking about the death rates being so low or does just, you know, like the media just stop talking about it so much? They'll definitely stop talking about it so much, largely because Joe Biden's plan is to do exactly what Joe, uh, what Donald Trump has been doing. So nothing's going to change as far as the policy. Yeah, he put together a task force. Whoop the freaking do because you know the another stupid false piece of information that circulated that people are just 100 percent convinced of is that Donald Trump disbanded the pandemic task force. You know that's why we got yeah. into all this sort of trouble. It's just nonsense. There was. It's multiple um, basically kind of little departments within the National Security Council that were all doing similar things to that pandemic task force. They got rid of that task force and consolidated the resources with one of the other ones so that all of these people can now join resources, talk to one another. It made it more efficient instead of less efficient. And people made it out to be like, he doesn't care about pandemics and now we're all going to die and whatever. Yeah. So, um, so nothing will change policy wise. They'll tell you to wear masks. They'll tell you to socially distance. You're going to see the president, you know, like you're only going to see the top of the president's face like he's Wilson from Home Improvement for the next, you know, three years. Um, And and, but you will hear about how wonderful everything is because the numbers will ultimately start going down. It won't be due to any change in policy, but they will attribute it to Joe Biden's leadership. And he stood strong and he did exactly what Donald Trump did. But we like him. So we're going to pat him on the back and tell him he did such a tremendous job. That is almost ex- I, that, I'm telling you, folks, spoiler alert, like that is the future that uh, this will start petering out. They will talk about how Biden did all these wonderful things when he did nothing, nothing different than what Donald Trump has been doing and had done up to this point. I'm OK with knowing the truth between the people that know and the people I don't know. Obviously, the people are, that really believe that Biden did this, as long as they just get rid of this shit. I am over Fair this. Enough. I've been yeah. over it from day one. Let let him take the credit. Just get this shit the fuck out of the way. I don't ever want to hear the word pandemic, mask, fear, socially distanced. But I feel like we're going to be going into a different sort of situation. I think even if. They stop talking about it as much. I feel like the businesses are now taking a different direction. As you can see, um, the fuck, uh, t- Ticketmaster now wants you to have some sort of proof that you got your vaccine. 
I'm thinking this is going to trickle down to other places like uh, sporting events. Okay, you want to go see the Giants play? You got to have that magic wand over your arm and that glowing light showing that you got your shot there or whatever the hell they're going to put inside of you that indicates that you had this. I'm, I'm an Apple user. There's a fucking COVID-19 thing on my phone that I never asked for that got snuck in on some update. This is a little weird. I'm thinking they're going to trace us somehow. They're going to mandate this vaccine one way or another. And I told my job, I'm like, listen, because I got a couple now, obviously, and one of them's work at home. I'm not worried about that one. But the other one where I have to leave the house and deal with people, I told them, I'm like, flat out, if you guys are, are, are going to mandate a vaccine that for me to come here and work, I'm not going to be here, man, because I, mm-hmm. I don't trust it. What say you? Do you think that they're going to do this as far as like mandate vaccines as as a way of living your normal life. Like, hey, you want to go to this wrestling event. You want to go to this this boxing match. You have to have this vaccine checked at the door or you're getting thrown in jail, perhaps. Who knows? They're going to try. They're going to try their damnedest to make that a part of our life. But it's kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast here. It's uh, how many people just go along with it. Oh, okay. I need a I need a vaccine to fly and go to the to the Mets game. Okay, great. I guess I got to go get the tattoo with the blue light, like you said, and you know, yeah. just be one of the sheep, just branded and and herded like everyone else. Um, I I think most people will resist it. And frankly, look, a lot of these companies, a lot of these companies make so much money that they can go woke and they won't necessarily go broke. They just won't make anywhere near as much money as they would have made, and they're okay with that. They've made that decision, that they're not going to make the optimal you know, dollar-for-dollar decision on things. They're going to implement some of their ridiculous wokeness into their company policies, and that they're worth it. To them, it's worth taking the hit. They think that all of the goodwill it builds them up drives business. Fair. Some people think that, and some people can do that. Some companies can't do that, like event, you know, things like Eventbrite and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's much bigger than I'm thinking it is in terms of like the actual size of the corporation. But um, ultimately, somebody will come along and offer, you know, tickets that don't have these restrictions, you know, and people will yeah. swarm over there. So I like to think that the market will take care of these sorts of things as long as it's being done on a corporate level and not on a legislative level or regulatory level then it can be combated with another company coming along doing the same thing without those particular rules and regulations in place. So uh, I I think they'll stand strong for a little while. Obviously, the vaccine, I think it'll be available quicker than the media is telling everybody it'll be available because they don't want to make it sound like Trump could actually like get this done before he leaves office. Um, I I think it could be done potentially that soon. If, if in fact this Pfizer one is the one that we're talking about, I'm sure we have millions of doses ready to go. I'm sure we can distribute those in, in a couple of months pretty quickly, uh, you know, via the military, but, um, not everybody's going to rush out to get this thing. Mm -hmm. And because of that, if they're only, if let's say Ticketmaster selling tickets to a concert, the concert's already being restricted to 25% capacity, and now because of all these restrictions they're self-imposing on their own clients, um, now maybe not only that 25% isn't being – or that 75% isn't being sold, but maybe now you're not even selling out the 25% because not everybody has the vaccine or is willing to get the vaccine uh, or maybe just doesn't even have access to it yet. So um, eventually they will cave on these sorts of things. But it is for now one big virtue signal to try to let everybody know that, hey, when this vaccine comes out, Mm-hmm. You're going to fucking take it or you're going to be shunned from society. This is going to be your scarlet letter. This is your, you know, this is your, this is your, uh, your flair while you're working at shenanigans 
for my office uh, office space fans out there. I'll tell you what, man. A, a lot of what you're saying makes sense, but it got me thinking in another direction here because I'm thinking like take a master big company, obviously. You know, you can buy tickets anywhere in all the states, all over the world, right? So how about this? How about they take the heat off themselves and put it on the governors themselves and say, hey, we don't require any vaccine to buy tickets for shows, but in New York, that's what they require. So to buy a ticket from us in the state of New York, you have to have this vaccine. So maybe you'll see artists not go to those places. And maybe you'll see South Dakota blow the fuck up because they're running things the right way. You're going to see Florida blowing up. You're going to see South Carolina, where I live, shit out the Myrtle Beach blowing up. Because all these artists are going to be like, why would I go to New York when people are not going to get this vaccine? I could potentially perform a show in front of a thousand people in a 20,000 seat arena. Why would we go there? Well, we're going to take our business elsewhere. Maybe NFL teams move out. Like maybe the Giants and Jets get the fuck out of uh, East Rutherford. Maybe they go somewhere else. Maybe you're going to see the tides change here and see these states crumble because of the shitty you know, leadership. That's what I would do if I was a company. I would put it in, the, in you know, the, the local government's hands and be like, hey, New York, New Jersey does not want me to sell you a ticket unless you have this vaccine. You don't want it. Don't go. Go somewhere else. Yeah. And maybe put the heat on them that way. I mean, I, I think that's the better way to handle it, a more diplomatic way, at least, because then it doesn't make your company look like a piece of shit. Like you're in on the whole fix here, you know? Yeah, maybe the company is doing it to level the playing field because the governors have kind of made it more difficult for certain states. For instance, right? Everybody's ex- the the mass exodus out of California. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them are going to Texas. A lot of them are going to you know South Carolina, South Dakota, Florida, places where the governors are less tyrannical for for lack of a better term so um they want to get out of those places meaning those economies now with every passing day that people are leaving and going to other places are going to take a hit think of all the comedy clubs that are now going to end up being closed in la because joe rogan left and has taken everyone in the comedy scene with them down to austin texas where they're now going to now build that entire comedy scene up down there just mm-hmm. driving money and money and that's just something as silly as and as small as stand-up comedy in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. things but there's many a an industry where, where similar things are happening there and every and you know with every passing day like i said now the gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger between some of these states that are doing things like you said the right way versus a california a new york a new jersey and so a ticket master coming in and making a general rule that applies to everybody putting that restriction on everybody maybe makes it a little bit easier for the Californias and the New Yorks and the New Jersey's to do what they're doing because at the end of the day, yeah, you could go see a show in Texas, but you still got to be vaccinated because Ticketmaster said so. Now, let me ask you something just really strange because I did have this tag here that I intentionally took off of one of the face masks that we provide at my company, right? Uh-oh. Now, I wanted to ask you this question here, and I, and, and I want to read this out because this is the warning label that I mentioned a couple of months back on The Voices of Misery here. And uh, I just want to read this out loud, and I want to ask you what the science says about this, okay? Okay. So this is just a little part of it here. It says, no warranties express or implied or made that this face covering prevents or reduces the risk of spreading <laughs> or contracting viruses, including COVID-19 or bacteria. Use of this face covering is not intended to replace other recommended measures to stop the spread of COVID-19. What does the science say about that? Does the science basically say that this thing is just a fucking show? The science says that if you wear 
a particular type of mask that is cleaned with regularity or replaced with regularity uh, that is fit to your face. I believe we're talking the N95 respirator type masks. Mm-hmm. That if you do all of those things and do them all correctly without touching it all the time, taking it on and off your face all the time, and, and you know sneezing, you know taking it off when you sneeze, as you see people do in grocery stores and stuff like that. To which to everybody who's within eye shot of that that doesn't say anything. You guys are part of the problem. Uh, but um, yeah, if you're if you're doing everything completely optimally, yeah, these things are definitely helping. If you're wearing them like chin diapers, like uh, like many people are, they're not helping. If you're doing like the, like the president has talked about many times, if you're if you're a waiter at a restaurant, you're you're wiping a table, you're touching your mask, you're wiping a table, you're touching a menu, you're touching your mask, you're doing this yep. that and the other thing, you keep readjusting it all, and you're you're completely defeating the purpose of the mask. Not to mention, as anybody knows who wears glasses, these things are anything but airtight. Um, I, I cannot see out of my glasses 90% of the time when I have one of these damn things on, no matter how I put it on. And people keep telling me I'm wearing it wrong, to which I tell you, you don't know, because I'm trying it every which way and it's not working. <laughs> um, so you know, maybe it's I got, I got a slightly crooked face. We'll, we'll, we'll chalk it up to that, perhaps. But uh, so, yeah, the the little cloth masks, they're doing something like in, they're stopping some droplets. But at the end of the day, to pretend like this is definitely saving you from coronavirus is just a fallacy. If you can stay six feet away or more from people, if you can't, sorry to tell you that that you're you're in danger if that is something that you're worried about. Now, when I'm watching TV, I feel like I'm watching another planet because here in South Carolina, people are still getting close to each other. A lot of times they're not wearing masks. And if they are wearing masks, I mean, it's, it's, it's more or less a common thing that they're doing it just because they feel like they don't want to get yelled at by somebody else. The fact that the, you know, the governments, the, the media, they turned us all on each other. And, and there was a hotline. Hey, call this number and we'll give you money if you can blow in your neighbor for having a party or if they're not wearing a mask. You can turn nice. them in yourself. You're turning everyone into deputies. You're basically inciting riots in the street, people turning on their neighbors. And it, it seems like it goes against every principle that America was founded on, like love thy neighbor, help thy neighbor. You know, like, hey, if you see someone down, you, you, you put your hand out and you pick them up. You don't see that anymore. Where are we headed as a society? I feel like this whole burning the streets down and everything else that's going on is going to continue. I actually saw an article on Yahoo where they were talking about, and Yahoo is one of the worst fucking places to read articles if you don't like the Democrats and you don't like you know the whole left-leaning media. They were saying uh, they were interviewing someone on the street. And the person was like, yeah, even if Biden wins, we're going to keep this going because we can't let our voices go unheard again. Yeah. So there you go. The monster is out of the bag. It, it, it's, it's out of the closet. It is free and no one can stop this thing. Is this going to stop? How long is it going to take? And who's the person to stop this? If there's anybody or maybe when people just get employed again, they're going to forget about it. Donald Trump's going to reunite everybody. No, I'm kidding. No, although that would be wonderful. We can get we can get such a terrible four years under Biden and Harris that everybody universally goes, you know what? We fucked up. We should have voted for Trump. <laughs> and that could be how it is. Do I think that'll happen? No, unfortunately, I don't. And um, I don't see I don't see unity coming anytime soon. Right. So so Joe Biden's in an interesting position right now. He's kind of got two paths to walk. He can a try to unite the country and bridge the gap between the left and the right and say, look, there are some things that we can agree on. Let's start there and try to build out. He won't do that. 
because B is his other option, and that option is unite his party. Because there's a fissure in the Democratic Party right now. You've got the AOC radical squad left. You've got the establishment Pelosi, Schumer, Nadler types. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those people want to keep power. They realize the way to keep power is to continue to push their supposedly more moderate agenda than the, the, the squad who just says all of the quiet parts out loud and just want to tax you at 90% and uh, provide everything for you, including uh, housing, food, mm. education, and, uh, and the occasional hand job. But so <laughs> they, uh, and they will dole them out themselves personally, but I'll take one from Mayo's. <clears throat> Uh, is yeah, I was gonna say I, I want I I'd have to have my pick of who it's coming from in particular, but neither here nor there at the moment. Um, but I don't see the divide getting bridged um, in that Democrat party anytime soon because that's going to be a dogfight. They're going to be what's f- so funny about this is they're going to be constantly arguing about policies or about laws or bills in particular to try to push through that are never going to get anywhere. So it's going to be dogfights over police defunding and dogfights over green new deals and dogfights over fifth trimester abortions and and all this sort of stuff and and then it's going to get to mitch mcconnell who's going to say nope that's the end of that and it's it it will be kind of fun to watch them keep running into that wall assuming all works out not counting any chickens in georgia just yet but let's hope that that works out that way um i don't think that the that the nation as a whole is going to be getting bridged anytime soon because of everything we kind of talked about with just the i mean there's no other term for it it's gaslighting the 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 Absolutely. ridiculous misinformation that is out there that people are passionately stupid about and they they know these things ronald reagan i think once said it's not that liberals are ignorant it's just that they know so much that isn't true that mm-hmm. has never been more true than it is in 2020 yes. where all of those things i talked about before and you can multiply that by a million um, that that these people have all of these facts in their head about Donald Trump, about conservatives, about Republicans, about libertarians, about the Constitution, the founding fathers, Christopher Columbus, um, you know, all of this stuff. They have all of these notions that are just not in touch with reality. And until we can break them from that, they will always be the commie fucks that they are. And people like myself will continue to do what we do until we can eliminate them one way or another, frankly. <laughs> That's it. Now, one thing I did want to talk to you about as well and get your opinion on was the whole stimulus check deal and um, the fact that we haven't had a deal passed since like a month after the initial lockdown. So we've been in this thing now for, what, eight months? God damn it, eight fucking months. I can't believe how long this shit's been going on. Um, Nothing's been put out there to help anybody else. And there's been talks and they go on break for a month because, I mean, they can afford to do that. And while people are suffering, getting evicted from their goddamn homes. And I feel a personal connection to a lot of these people because my work at home job involves talking to people that are that were receiving unemployment that weren't anymore. The people that are getting covid tested and I hear their sob stories like, hey, I, I have to get back to work. They won't let me. I feel fine. They won't let me go back to work. There's, there's just, I mean, I, I talk to probably thousands of people a week. It's ridiculous the amount of people I hear their sob stories. Mm-hmm. How come no one except for Wolf Blitzer has been able to call out the Democrats of Wolf Blitzer of all people <laughs> for not passing something? Like, hey, why don't we remove all the bullshit that you want to sneak in there and just do a direct payment to people? 
Why has no one come out there? Does anyone give a shit? And I'm calling out the Republicans on this, too. Like, does anyone give a shit about the people that are suffering, like getting evicted? No one cares. They both, you know what, they both have their plans that I think they've uh, they've proposed. If I'm not mistaken, the Republicans have one they passed through the Senate that would need to get go back through the House um, and, and vice versa for the for the Democrats in the House. So they both have their plans. They're about... I think if I'm not mistaken, somewhere about one point five to two trillion dollars apart on those yeah. particular plans. But both of them are these ridiculous omnibus packages that have, you know, a certain percentage, certainly of the money is going towards what we believe is some sort of relief for small business and perhaps even for the checks going out to individuals, which uh, I'm not a huge fan of just giving away money. But as far as all of these remedies go, I feel like that's the best one, right? Just give people mm-hmm. the money and let them decide what to do with it rather than. Um, you know, then then give out some sort of voucher or put holds on mortgages or, or you know, that they, they're putting holds on rent. Okay, that's great for you. What about the guy who's providing the house? You know, exactly. the got got a good buddy of mine who's a landlord. Like that would that would kill him if if all of a sudden he couldn't collect rent from people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just would be it would be it would become a massive problem for them. And I guess yeah, there's a lot more renters than there are landlords, but. Shouldn't we care about all citizens equally? Like we're discriminating now based on occupation, um, which we've been doing this whole time, right? Essential versus non-essential and working from – I can work from home and I can't work from home and I'm undocumented so I can't do anything basically and I'm not going to get a check, which is probably right at the end of the day. But people allowed these undocumented immigrants in here. I'm not completely dispassionate about it. You know, I I think it sucks for them. Um, but you know, then now they're in a situation to where everybody, everything stands still and they, and they really don't have any lifelines to, to lean on, nor should they, but uh, they've been put in a situation because they've been allowed to be here and begin a life and establish it and, and plant roots that now, now what do we do with those people as well? Not to mention, we can't even keep track of them as far as trying to track this virus goes because we don't even know most of them are here. So, uh, <laughs> it, it becomes, becomes a bit of an issue on that front. You know, when they're, they're complaining about every, every, every super spreader event appears to have some sort of Republican theme, but you can black lives, riot, uh, you know, matter riot. You can, uh, you can go celebrate for Joe Biden's victory. You can be one of 16 to potentially 20 million illegal people in this country that we have no idea where you are, where you're going, who you're encountering. And all of this is, you know, that's just, it's just fine. That's, you know, that's just the democratic way, I suppose. Well, my whole thing too, is I would rather have these illegals come in that are willing to work and do jobs that we, I mean, who the fuck wants to clean toilets or or, or do some of these horrible jobs? I would rather have them than a bunch of loser Americans. Like, how about we take them in and ship them out? Like, maybe one for one, these motherfuckers. Okay, I can do an exchange rate. Yeah, you know, that that's a thing that always pisses me off as you hear the, oh, well, they do the jobs that Americans don't want to do. <laughs> Americans need to do those jobs. You know, I, I, you know the, we're, are we talking about great jobs? No, we're talking about, like, the low-level positions at a Walmart, at a McDonald's, and stuff like that. Yeah. Those jobs should be occupied by young kids getting into the workforce and old people getting out of the workforce trying to make a couple bucks. If you're if you're in between those two demographics and working in one of those places, you messed up somewhere, <laughs> and and that's on you. With all due respect to people who work, you know, if you're in management in one of these places, great, that's awesome. Like that, you know, you're a manager. You're 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 definitely working on a different level than I'm talking about right now. But um, you know, it, it just comes down to we need. People to be able to tell their kids or whatever it may be, like you're not above anything. If if you got to clean toilets at the high school over the summer, that's what you're doing to make a couple bucks. If you got to go pick fruit 
out in Kansas or wherever you may be, you know, in, in California, you got to go pick oranges or whatever for, for five bucks an hour under the table. That's what you do. You need to, you know, we need to instill work ethics in these kids instead of yeah. saying, oh, well, you know, my son's above doing this. Motherfucker, mm. I was 14. Like the second I could get a job, I was working. I was working at McDonald's. I was working as many hours as they would allow me to work. I yeah. was working like full days on Saturday, probably sometimes longer than I should be able to legally work. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm some spectacular human being with some sort of crazy hustle, but it can be done. You're not above it. And mm. uh, there, there's plenty of people who, you know, frankly grew up with far less privilege than I did that think that they are above it. Um, yep. You know, and then that that's where it gets to be uh, the most irritating is, no, you're, you're not above it. If you need if you need money and you don't have a job, you're not mm-hmm. above anything that's going to provide you money in that given moment in time. Yeah, you've got unemployment that'll hold you over for six weeks or six months or whatever it ends up being. But at a certain point, you got to get to you got to start to expand your horizons and take anything that you can get and start to try to make the most of it. Uh, you know, that's that's no. that's just the way it should be. The fact that it, uh, the fact that any of that would even be remotely controversial to anybody is startling. I am completely with you a thousand percent. And the thing is, is, like we can speak from a place of experience because we're in unique situations where a lot of people are not. Um, well, not like a lot. I, mean, I don't want to sound like, hey, we're just special people, but like we're both fathers. We're we're, we're both independent. We rely on, on our own income to you know for the people that support us and to support ourselves as well. And the thing is, is like I was working a really good job before this pandemic hit or, you know, and I say pandemic, you know, using my fingers, air quotes here, because I I don't believe this is a true pandemic. I believe it's political, obviously. But anyway, I mean, I was working a really good job beforehand. You know, I I was in management. I was doing really good. Didn't have to work two jobs. Didn't have to work many hours to make a a, a very good living for my family to to be supported on. But once this whole thing hit, you know, you're sitting at home on furlough and you're like, what the fuck happened to me? And you have to make ends meet somehow. And just to kind of touch on your point about people thinking they're too good, they do. There were a lot of lines down here. And Indeed, I was on Indeed every day looking for a job. Like, I got I don't give a fuck what I got to do. I need to make sure we can pay bills. We, uh, my kids can eat. Same, man. Yeah. You do, you, sometimes you have to eat shit in life. And that's just the way it is. And that's a problem with us. Uh, people think they're too good. Like, oh, I'm not going to work at McDonald's. I'm not going to fucking mop floors. I'm not going to be a, a, a janitor. I'm not going to work overnight. I'm not going to do this. I'm not gonna... Dude, I, I got a job fucking taking phone calls in the day just to make yeah. ends meet. I got a job working at Home Depot overnight fucking for a very low wage, something that I would have laughed at when I was doing what I was doing before. Just because it's something I have to do. You got to keep the ball fucking rolling. You can't rely on the government giving you money. A lot of people are just too complacent. They just think they're too yeah. good. Then they look down on other people that come from different countries that are doing these jobs. But what are they doing? They're taking that money. They're sitting, They're taking the bare minimum to keep their head above water. They're sitting it back to their families in other countries. I admire that work, work over some motherfucker here in America who thinks they're better. Oh, well, I worked at Best Buy Geek Squad. I'm not going to be a cashier at the local <laughs> supermarket. I'm too good for that shit. No, motherfucker. Get off your high horse. Get a job and stop being a fucking leech. And that's what I feel like a lot of people are. I feel like they're fucking leeches. Get rid of the losers and take in some of these immigrants. At least that's how I feel. It's the only thing I agree with the Democrats on. Bring some of them in. But I also want to alter that and kick some of these people the fuck out. That's the way we should be, man. And that's all I'm going to do on my high horse in this whole time. Because I get mad. I get very angry about this. No, the, uh, 
you're you're right, man. The overwhelming irony of people who can't provide for themselves, thinking that they're above anything, is unfathomable. It really is just like the, it's just so stupid that they can't even see it. And this gets back to what you were talking about again at the beginning of this: is that there's a certain apparently a majority of the population now that's just a little bit cucked, and they just they want everything done for them. They want the government to be their daddy, and they're just gonna you know bend over. And and let them you know give it to them good and hard. It's 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 not oh I could go get a job that's that's a little bit worse than the job I had before. I'll make ends meet for a little bit of time. I'll hustle. I'll put in extra hours. I'll I'll keep hitting the job market. I'll keep trying to get a better job. Nah, it's like nah, all that's too hard. The government should just send me a check. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality of the people that voted for Joe Biden versus the mentality you know, love him or hate him or think as deplorable as they may, deplorable as they may be, the people who voted for Donald Trump or the people that are saying, no, like, get, let me go back to work. I want to, I want to work for what I, you know, for what I'm, I'm given. And, uh, and you, you know, shouldn't be able to just step in and take that opportunity away from me because you're panicked about some virus and some poll numbers. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm completely with you, man. And, it, you know who needs to listen to this podcast? Billy Ray Valentine, because he asked me, why do you support Trump? In, in, uh, in, in, yeah, I think he's going to skip this one. If I, can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, this is his answer right here. This is why I support Trump, because I support America. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I hated Trump in the beginning, and I didn't know why. When he got elected, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to go right down in flames. And now, looking back in hindsight, I'm like, why did I think that? I had no reason to think this way, and it's because I watch too much of the regular news. I watch HLN in the morning. I watch CNN at night. That's That was my life. Didn't get balls deep into politics until about two years ago, and really, once COVID hit, that's when I jumped in. I got into all these people, was emailing back and forth with fucking Charlie Kirk, of all people, just talking shit about wow. life and podcasts and everything. We were just talking. like We got a nice little conversation thread going and emailing. And that's how deep I got into this, you know, like the like like a, the Dana Lash and Chris, her husband, just talking to them about politics and just getting really into this and really finding out the inner workings of like why the fuck are people so stupid and brainwashed and this and that and the other thing. And now I feel like I'm just down this rabbit hole of just politics and I can't get out of it. Now I know that Trump Trump is the right guy and he may not be the best person on the planet, but man, America was great under him. I miss people just being proud to be American. I miss going to a store and not seeing people with masks on. And I don't even know if like this thing's real or not. All I know is that it was really good before all the politics got behind all this shit. Uh-huh. And just the agendas that were pushed, man, it's, 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 it's really depressing. It is. And it's funny, man, because it's, you can't unring a bell, right? And so all of those things that we've talked about that were just complete fabrications, if they never actually took place if they were never pushed at the volume that they were pushed and in the frequency that they were pushed by the media imagine what imagine what most people would have to objectively look back on with this presidency right if you can if you could somehow go back in time get rid of russian collusion if no one told you that there was a quid pro quo on a ukrainian call which isn't really even illegal anyway and it ended up being joe biden's quid pro quo at the end of the day, which is even weirder. Uh, but Joe Biden, yeah, if you could get rid of all the impeachment nonsense, if you could get rid of all of the completely laughable quotes from anonymous sources, if you can get rid of all the fake-ass whistleblowers whose names we still can't even say for some reason, even though they didn't actually hear or say anything of significance. Um, but, it, it, you know, all of this stuff, if you could just imagine it never happened, 
what would you have to complain about about the Donald Trump presidency? All of the bad shit that happened in the last four years is a direct result of the of the news and the social mm-hmm. media companies and academia making a much to do. They didn't even make mountains out of molehills. They made mountains out of literally nothing yeah, <laughs> in exactly. some cases. And, and, and they just made it seem like the whole country was on fire when really it was doing about as well as it's ever done. And if they didn't keep pushing the buttons on race issues, we wouldn't have anywhere near the racial tensions that we have now. And if they didn't keep pushing the buttons on sex, gender issues or, or, you know, sexual preference issues or, oh, I'm sorry, sexual preference is apparently uh, an illicit comment these days because even that's the level of stupid that this year has hit. Where Macy Hirono apparently had a word redefined in the middle of a day because Amy Coney Barrett used the term sexual preference and they needed to find something on her. This is the world that we're living in here. It's... It is full blown 1984. It is the Ministry of Truth. It is war. It is peace. You know, it it, it is up is down. It is black is white. And uh, you know, my kids my kids starting to get old enough to where she's starting to understand some of this. And oh, oh. she kind of revealed to me recently that she picks up on a little bit more of what I talk about. Like when I'm over talking with my dad, you know, she's like, I hear you talking with grandpa, and I'm like, oh shit, what's she picking up on? Other than a lot of swears, uh, but she she's starting to pick up on this man, and and I think. I, I think parents, you can maybe speak to this a little bit, dude. Um, I think parents are worried about what they tell their kids because they're worried about what their kids are going to say in school that's no. going to come back and reflect on them. Look, I, I look my kid right in the eye and I say, Logan, the reason I get so angry about these things is that the media and Hollywood and academia and the blue check marks and the libtards and the TikTok thoughts, all of them will look you directly in the eye and they will say black is white. And that that cannot stand in a society that is going to thrive and prosper. And that society is going to be yours in the not too distant future. And if I want it to be anywhere near as good as it was for me, for you, this this cannot persist. Mm-hmm. And yet it continues to do so. And apparently more than half of the country is completely on board with it. I understand completely what you're talking about. And my daughter, she came home one day and she brought up God and um that's a very weird subject with me. I, I, I'm an agnostic. I don't believe. I don't disbelieve, but I don't believe as well. So I'm kind of in the yeah. middle. Like, I, I need some proof. Uh, and I kind of let that slip. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't believe. And she's like, what do you mean you don't believe in God? I'm like, I don't believe in him. But I don't disbelieve. I just need proof. And then she's like, well, how do you know he's not real? And I'm like, well, you know, when I was a kid about your age, and she's 12 now. I would go into a room by myself because my dad was super, super religious. And I read the Bible. I read the picture Bible. And I was even younger than that. I read like it was like a cartoon, like a comic book Bible version. And I read that. Then I read the real Bible. And I went into a room by myself one day. And I'm like, please just give me a reason. Like something doesn't feel right about this. And I'm looking around the bathroom at my dad's house. I would spend the weekends there. And my mom are separated. And I'm like, can you make this toothbrush? Just, Just fall off the counter. Do something. Can you move this cup? Come on, like you uh, parted the Red Seas from Moses. Can you please do something? Just show me the smallest thing, and I promise I will spread the word, and I will be a believer forever. And I'm staring at this toothbrush. Nothing moved. Nothing moved. And I'm like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's try this again tomorrow. And I would try tomorrow. Hey, make this light flicker. Do something. Do something. Prove yourself. Like I'm I'm just saying, like, if you want me to believe you, I will be the number one God supporter. I will wear a God jersey everywhere I go. I will tell everybody how much, you know, you you mean to me or whatever. And it never happened. And then I'm sitting there just living life and I'm watching these absolute scumbags in life live forever and good people die young. And 
My dad was one of them. He suffered for years. He had multiple sclerosis. He suffered. He fell apart. And he was one of the ones who would send uh, Charles Stanley. He was one of those guys who uh, was on TV like a televangelist. He would send money to the church. He would bring me to church and give money. And I would just see him like hand over like a, a sizable chunk of his paycheck. And I'm like, oh, why wow. are you doing this? And then he passed away and just suffered. I saw him with my own two eyes just deteriorate. And I'm like, if this is one of your boys, I don't want to be your boy if you're treating him like this. You know what I mean? And and I told my daughter that. And then I just kind of broke down and told her, just like I'm telling you and everyone out there listening. And uh, after I said, I'm like, fuck, she's going to go tell her teacher all this shit. And I'm fucked. <laughs> so yeah. I understand what you're saying here. <laughs> Yeah, like I worry, especially me, I'm in a situation where like I'm not with her mother, right? Her her mother lives with, she lives with her mother. So like, God forbid, like, you know, they the teacher starts calling. They're probably going to call there first to be like, your daughter said this, that, and the other thing, you know, like yeah. your daughter said fake news in, a, in class, you know, like something like that. Um, her mother's going to know exactly where she got that from, obviously. And um, yeah, that's going to be an, uh, an awkward conversation for me, but um, I just try to I try my best to try to keep her as as unbrainwashed as humanly possible. Like I, you know, I, I think I've joked about all this show before. Every so often, I ask her, Logan, how many genders are there? And she, you know, she'll inevitably say back to me, "There's two genders, Dad." And I go, "All right, good. That's still what they're saying in school, right? Yep. All right, good. You know, and as long as that's fine, they don't get an angry phone call from an angry dad. Um, you know, and, and, and the day that 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 answer changes, the day uh, I'm probably gonna get, you know get all worked up and call them and we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But, um, you know, it, it's just, you, you gotta, you, you gotta talk to them and you gotta let them know that they're kind of look, they're just seeing the world through a filter, right? Like, and explain it to them like Instagram, you know, like that's, that's basically what's going on right now is that, that there's, there's a reality. And then there's the reality that they want you to think is the reality. And, uh, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to, to know that that's the case. All you have to really do is pay attention. And what's even more boggling is that when you look at stuff like, like the polls for whatever they may be worth, people distrust the media at alarming rates. And yet most of them get their information from this media that they don't trust, take it as absolute fact and just move through their lives that way. It's, it, it doesn't, it, I, as somebody who likes to think I'm, I'm a, a modicum of intelligent doesn't make can't compute. Like I, I can't. I can't even wrap my head around it. And yet, those people are out there, and their vote counts as much as ours. Well, that's where we differ because I'm a fucking moron, and I know I am. I just like to ask questions, man, and that's why I like to have smart people like you on this show. And I know we're not going to go four hours because we. There's no way, and I, I don't think I have it in me to go four hours. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm getting gassed as it is, man. It's been oh, a week. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's it's been a hell of a week. Trust me, and I got an Got some more stuff to do right after we're done here. So I, 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 I do have a couple more things I, I do want to ask you in closing here. Uh, do you think Trump has shaped the new Republican Party or do you think in the future they're going to want to distance themselves from the things that he's built? Like the way that he is, his bravado. Do you think they're going to go anti-Trump, just go completely opposite, go straight laced like they used to be, the Republicans of old? Or do you think they're going to embrace the brashness of Trump? Do you think like a Ted Cruz is going to go out there or anyone else with the bravado of a Trump? Yeah, they'd be foolish to to reverse course at this point. I mean, if if you you know, if I put a gun to your head right now and told you that a Republican, in order to win the presidency in twenty twenty four, needs to get close to eighty million votes, who's it going to be? Oh boy, um, the n none of them are going to do it. But if I had to guess, I mean, whew, 
Boy, I, I think DeSantis may have a, a shot if they start him now, start him out in the trail now. And do you think, do you think, this, do you think DeSantis would outperform Trump if he ran again in 2024? No. Right. So as, as of right now, like the leading most popular Republican in the country is still Donald Trump. So if you're going to go against that, look, 74, it, you know, regardless of what the vote count ends up being, 70, more than 70 million people voted for the guy. He had almost 10 million more votes than he did the last time around. He gained with women, uh, married women, I believe was the demographic, gained with Hispanics, gained with blacks. If you're not building on that Republican Party, you deserve to fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, they probably will because now you got, like I said, Fox News is fully cucked. You got people like Mitt Romney they are going to try to take center stage now and try to make it into their party when when we tried that it didn't work and we're over it like go join fucking biden's cabinet so we can replace you with an actual conservative in in the senate over in utah um but that um that that ship is sort of sailed but i I think the republican party should do everything that they did under trump everybody should campaign with very similar policies even similar rhetoric but just campaign on all the good stuff you got with trump Minus the tweets. That's it. That's what we're going to be now. We're going to be all the good stuff you got with Trump, even a little bit of the edge, a little bit of the attitude. We're going to we're going to at least make it look like we're fighting, even though they're not even all that great at that. But that's it's they've been a little bit better in the last four years than they had been in the past. I need a little bit of spunk. I need a little bit of fire from the Republicans and I need them to start, you know, instead of. As uh, Eric D. July is a guy from the – he's on The Blaze and, and on YouTube. It's young Rip of 59, I believe, uh, always says. He says Republicans campaign like liber- libertarians and then they govern like Democrats. That needs to stop and they need to ride this wave in order to try to make that happen. I think you go DeSantis or I think you go Christy Nome. I, I think you go DeSantis because he's a young man. like He's a young-looking man and you got Christy Nome who's a fucking absolute – hate to steal your phrase – smoke show. She oh, is yeah. – Oh, my God, smoking hot. And the thing about both of them is that they preached freedom. They they opened up. They kept things open. They want people to work. They said, come to us. We will protect you. We will be your haven. We will be the America that you remember before the lockdown. So Democrats are bad and we're good. I think one of those two can do it. I don't think in four years, Trump, I mean, the man's old. I mean, he's got he the energy. He's got more energy than both of us combined. He but could just cryogenically freeze yeah. himself for the next three years. He's got the money for it. God knows. But <laughs> and I use the phrase God loosely, obviously. But Fair the, <laughs> but the thing about Trump is like, I think he'd be more of an ally if he wasn't running. I think the Trump network and getting the real news out to people and just showing people what, you know, our side is about, what their side is doing wrong and just giving an honest media for people to view instead of the CNN, the Fox News and just basically everything that's out there. I think if Trump went out there and rallied and said, hey, my news media and gave these guys a platform that was available for both sides, not just one side, not just another side, but for both sides, I think it'd be a fair playing ground where it's not just CNN and just the left who controls, what, 95 percent of the media and shit that you see on TV. Mm-hmm. I think Trump could be better for the Republican Party. I think he'd be better for America if he just stayed on the outside. And just helped someone else get in there and just kept his platform going long after his death. His kids take over. Keep this thing going. I think the media is the biggest asset for anybody. And I think the media really dictates the narrative of what happens in America. And I feel like if we had an honest media, 
I think we'd have an honest country and a good country the way that we both grew up. I mean, I mean, we're both from Jersey. We're both in our thirties. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a few more uh, years so on here, but uh, just the just the country that we grew up and just the America we grew. Up, I, I feel like it starts with the media, and I think if Trump gets this thing off the ground, I, I just think it would be huge for us all, man. And that's just the way I see it. And I wouldn't mind looking at Christy Nome every single day for four years. I Hopefully, hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel bad for, her, but. <clears throat> I think she's got a, a chance to definitely be a player. It's hard. It's always hard to see who's going to be a big deal in four years. We've seen a kind of lot of budding stars in the in the Republican Party, um, kind of especially around the time of the Tea Party kind of movement that they they popped up. It looked like, oh, okay, that 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 might be somebody to look at, and then two years later they were completely worthless and and, and had completely fallen out of the news cycle. There, um, I think, like I said before, Trump is going to at least entertain the idea that he'll run again just to be in the forefront of the news and constantly be the center of attention which is precisely what he wants and uh i can appreciate that so um that said uh he definitely can if he doesn't decide to run be the one to kind of anoint who it's going to be there's a lot of potential players out there christino ron DeSantis, dan crenshaw nikki haley those are kind of like the big four, I would think, right now. But you got to also look at it in four years from now. We don't know how the how anything is going to shake out. Also, the way that, like you were saying, a little bit, a little bit more conservative media coming to the forefront. The Daily Wire is doing some entertainment yeah. stuff. Um, I wouldn't, I, you know, gun to my head, a, a run for Ben Shapiro wouldn't be entirely out of the realm of possibilities for me in four years. Uh, if the Republicans really can't scrape somebody together. And he thinks that he can actually, you know, make a run at it. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, I don't think yeah. he'd be all that successful, but I think he'd make a run if he thought he could be. Um, yeah, Tucker Carlson here. Tucker Carlson, like that. Yeah, who knows? Like, I mean, the, the the Donald Trump changes everything, right? Obama was wasn't necessarily a celebrity, but he obviously ended up getting treated like one as soon as he won, and it, it became apparent that he was going to win. Even yeah. like towards the end of the election, he kind of was treated as a celebrity. Now Trump is a celebrity. You know, The Rock has been bandied about for years to come on to run as, as a Democrat, one would presume, especially after his endorsement of Biden and Kamala this this time around. Um, but the, the the framework has been shattered. Like we, we have no idea what the next batch of Republican primary candidates are going to look like, but it's going to be a really, really interesting field. And uh, honestly, I don't know that he can do it, but if he can do it, I really hope Trump 2024 becomes a thing because just oh, it would be awesome. Grover Cleveland coming coming back off the loss and getting that second term uh, would drive people crazy. And I think the the lack of action and or the terrible action that'll be taking place under a Biden Harris administration might very well drive America back into the arms of Donald Trump. And what a glorious day that would be for all. <laughs> I agree with you, man. Like, I feel like the old gunslinger, the old cowboy coming back, you know, to yep. reclaim his fucking room at the saloon. I, I, I feel like Trump can do it if anybody can. I just hope his health holds up. And I hope that, you know, the next four years are very kind to him because the guy went through hell, man. And no one should have to go through the kind of shit and scrutiny this man went through. I don't give a fuck how bad of a person you say he is. All of his actions contradict everything that was ever said about him. They mm -hmm. said he's a racist. What does he do? He improves unemployment for everybody. He, you know, he uh, works with Kim Kardashian of all people to get people out of jail, uh, people of color out of jail, and 
you can go back and, and, and I did like I did a little retrospective on Trump about a couple of weeks ago and uh, I was just going back and listening to old Trump references and just looking at old pictures of him with like Nelson Mandela and fucking uh, who the fuck was it? Uh, Al Sharpton. All, they all fucking love this guy. Where did they go wrong? All of us like, like, well, where did Trump go wrong? Like what, what happened all of a sudden? This guy turned into a monster. And it's all just to push some narrative. And Trump was a Democrat. Is he? How much money did he donate to these assholes? You know, it's just it just doesn't make any sense. And now the Democrats are pushing for unity, unity, unity. Oh, we all got to come behind this president. And the guy hasn't even been officially fucking crowned presidency by anyone that matters. Yeah. And the past four years, you're trying to undermine everything Trump did. If they would have gone, even half mass of what they went at him you know with I, I think trump could have accomplished even more and that's fucking insane because the guy accomplished enough already without any help from anybody yeah and now they want us to get behind this half fucking brain dead moron joe biden i mean fucking hey dude i mean i'm weak i'm sick of this do you see yourself just getting so sick of politics like just giving up just giving up with this shit at all just talking about it thinking about it do you just ever want to ride off in the sunset yeah, not really. I, I yeah, like this too. shit, man. It, it, it's it's just it's it's too it's too dramatic, right? It's better than anything, especially the last four or five years with Trump. Really, it's been better than anything that you could write on television. It's it's high stakes. It's fast action. Um, and and it, you know, I kind of closed um a, a show I did recently with a with just kind of like a you know whether or not Trump ends up winning this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, you know, I'm not going to look at it as as if it's like a personal loss. Like you see a lot of people that are out there celebrating, oh, Biden won. Like it's like the first time that they've ever won anything in their lives, even though they didn't really do anything. Many of them voted in states where if they didn't vote, Biden was going to win anyway. So, um, you know, they 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 did something. This is the big W that they've yep. been building up to. They're 35. They live in a basement full of cats. <laughs> And uh-huh. they uh, and then this is the closest thing that they've ever had to something positive happening to their lives. I'm not going to sit around and, and and sulk and you know take it as a, again like as a personal loss that this this is about Donald Trump to an extent, but it's not really about Donald Trump at the end of the day. Donald Trump has been a beacon and a, an avatar for a belief system that mm-hmm. I think not only do do I and apparently 70 plus million people hold dear, but um, just that it, it's really the last thing separating everything that's great about what this country stands for, what this country was built on, the founding principles, the 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 fairly libertarian approach that our founding fathers took, and the complete and utter insane, you know, musings of a bartender from 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 the Bronx um, that end up turning us into a Marxist socialist Maoist society and and you know what man like at the end of the day i were invested in it and it's and and it's going to affect us personally but even just from a legacy meta standpoint like i don't want to be the one that was standing guard while america felt you know just i just don't want to be here when that happens i i hope that happens hundreds of years down the road and i i don't want to you know i don't want to go to the grave knowing that greatest civilization that's ever existed fell apart because of some fucking buck tooth bitch from 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 who was picked from a casting call ended up being a representative in in the house and somehow brought Karl Marx's philosophies to the forefront of our of our social and economic political you know leanings it, it, it I can't I can't you know in all good consciousness sit down 
and mm-hmm. allow that to stand. So whatever I got to do, however many fucking podcasts I need to run my mouth on in order to try to wake people up from this, I'm willing to do it. Um, you know, and anything else, I'm really in my head. I'm just kind of focusing on like, what more can I do? You know, like yeah. is there, is there like a local Republican? fucking you know group that i can go to meetings every you know third thursday and and you know try to do something with my time my money um because i think it's important man it's and i i don't believe these things and and believe them passionately because i think they're unimportant you know (laughs) so um i'm gonna i'm gonna kick and scream and 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 gnash and wail my teeth and do whatever i gotta do to try to to you know, to, to save America, man. Like I mean, that 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 God, it sounds melodramatic, but that's exactly what's going on right, right now. Is that we can we can continue to go along this radical leftist line that is pushing us further and further away from our founding principles, or we can try to rein them back in. And that doesn't mean going back to a time of slavery or white supremacy or Jim Crow or whatever it is. It means exactly. just getting back to those principles that were never followed then. But we would like to just let's let's take a run at this you know going going about it the right way from the get-go instead of adding on all of this mumbo jumbo that we've added on that's basically only made the greatest governmental system ever written worse incrementally Mm -hmm. over time makes perfect sense man and it's very refreshing to hear someone else and you know the same like age bracket as myself just saying these things out loud because you almost feel like the Republican Party is the old guard and now this what's incoming is the new guard and I look back and I'm like this can't be the future. This can't be the rest of my life. I'm only 38. I, I'm probably only halfway through my life. I can't go the other half doing and living the way that they want me to live. I'm not going to be a socialist. I'm not going to fall for these little tricks and also bullshit. They have to be defeated. And that's just the bottom line. Uh, I have a phone call tomorrow uh, sometime in the afternoon. I haven't finalized a time yet with someone who we're going to talk about some of the things that you were talking about, about, you know, like having some sort of a network of just people who talk about the things that we're talking about now and just getting the word out there and just fighting against the left. And I necessarily don't want to fight against the left. I want to have a thing where. Maybe there can be conversations had where we can come to an agreement to agree to disagree, but agree that we all want things to move progressively forward where everything's positive for everybody. We don't want to have everyone at each other's throats. We just want people to prosper and just live. Life is not infinite, man. Like we're all going to die one day, but we want to leave things better when we leave this earth than the way we came into this earth. And that's just what I'm preaching here. I don't like the fact that we're spending money and, and, and this is the conversation where we can go four hours, but we can't because, you know, with time constraints and we're on the East Coast and I'm fucking tired, man. You know, I've only had a few seltzers, but I'm tired. You're tired. We're all tired here. But there's just so many things we can go on and on about. And that's why, I, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you decided to come on the show today, you know, and uh, we have to do some more shit. And it doesn't have to be politics, man. There's so many things that we can talk about besides sure. that because I know it does get grading to talk about this shit all the time. Um, but yeah, dude, I do want to ask you something else here just here in closing. Cause we're in like, you know, this little moment here before we do the plugs and all that good stuff and say our all nice right. things, put each other over. Um, I know that you may have heard a few episodes in the voices of misery that we, uh, paid homage <laughs> yeah. to the Wednesday locker room. My wife, I am so sick and tired of waking up on Wednesday morning and hearing other men's voices in my household. It's just really <laughs> disturbing until I get my bearings about me and realize, oh, it's just a show. We did an homage and we, and you know, we borrowed your uh, theme song and had it playing during the intro. And I did a strangler Steve King intro. And I just want to know from the man who does it every single week, very, very well, mind you, 
can you rate mine from a, a one being the worst to okay. a ten being just as good? Well, I mean, it's difficult to say because obviously um, I do it all the time, and I would give myself like a I don't know, probably a twelve hundred. So, um, so on that, I mean. <laughs> On that scale, um, no, I'm getting up. Uh, no, 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 you did an excellent job, and and we do appreciate the homage. By the way, that was very, very cool of you guys. Um, I don't want to, I want to be, I want to be too down on you, bro. It's your show, and it was, and I thought it was good, honestly. Oh, so, Paul, uh, down. I'm down on myself every episode. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i gotta i gotta at least be somewhat uplifting it's a, it's not fun if you're if you're beating up on you and i'm beating up on you i just look like i'm piling on um so i'll give it an eight i'll give you an eight uh an eight is great at the end of the day i think so uh yeah no you did did a fantastic job and uh and shout outs to the nerdette who i know doesn't like these political conversations so yeah we're gonna have to come up with something where the three of us can can all uh do a show together one of these days she has been wanting to do one about Marvel, com- just comics in Ooh, general. Okay, she's been wanting to do that since we. I, I know we flirted the idea around a while ago and just kind of just dropped it. We just forgot about it because I think COVID might have hit or something weird happened. I don't know. We just forgot. It. But that's something she would definitely be one hundred percent in on. And man, I had a really good time tonight talking to you, buddy. Oh, yeah, it's right uh, been yeah, way yeah. too long. It's been way too long. And hopefully, something good happens, like Trump miraculously wins this election. We can do this again. <laughs> Before we go, I do want to ask you to put out your plugs. Where can people find you and all that other jazz? And even your friend, like I heard you have a friend, um, uh, Bergeron, I think his name is. Like maybe yeah. you want to put his stuff out there too if you want to. Sure. Yeah, I'll put him out there. But you can find little old me on Twitter at Bello being Bello and over at hackerhameen.podbean.com. I am one third of the trio known as the 11 11 Boys. We host a little thing called the Wednesday Locker Room. Uh, where we talk about Monday Night Raw and whatever's pertinent in the social zeitgeist, I suppose, and then uh, we, uh, you know, just kind of chit chat from there. It's kind of a revolving door of of three of us, and uh, I'm usually there more times than not. So check me out there. And then, as as the nerd mentioned, I do have a good friend by the name of Harrison Bergeron. He's just like me, except he doesn't sound quite as smart, or nor is he anywhere near as good looking. But he talks about very similar things to the things that nerd and I were talking about here. It's a lot of politics. It's from a right-wing perspective. Many of his opinions mirror mine, but his opinions are the right opinions, and you can find him on the Right Opinion podcast. It's the therightopinion.podbean.com, and you can check him out on uh, social media at Right Opinion Pod uh, on Twitter, Parler, and Instagram, and uh, just search the Right Opinion on your podcatcher of choice. It's got the thumbnail that's black and white and red all over, like the New York Times used to be. Oh, I love it, man. Thank you to the Andrew Bello. Thank and, you, uh, sir. Man, I do want to do a Strangler Steve King yell, but, you know, my <laughs> kids are asleep right now, so I can't do it, man. Uh, Strangler Steve King! Boom. I can't top it, but I'll try next time. Ladies and gentlemen, this <laughs> Misery Podcast and the Andrew Bello. Thank you, sir. We'll do this again. Peace, guys. Thank you, nerds.